This week, I'm sitting down with the one and only David Capretta. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. We have a super exciting guest, but before I get into that, I want to point your attention to the description below the video. There you will find a Calendly link. Through that link, you can book an appointment, a one-on-one call with me, whether you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, or you just want to talk real estate. But let's jump into the interview. So with me, I have actually uh, one of my I've been excited to have you on the show for a while. For those of you who don't know, Dave Capretta is on Team Grande. In fact, he is one of the founding members of Team Grande and is a huge part of its namesake, which I'm sure he'll explain. Uh, It was so special, in fact, that I had to get up at the crack of dawn to do do this interview with you. I think it's the first time I've ever uh, ever had to drink a coffee while doing the show. So that's good. I appreciate it, getting my day started early and moving forward so dave let's uh let's kick it off let's go how long have you been in the business for so i've been in the business world uh since 1999 uh when matthew and i both uh bought the pizzeria i don't know if you guys know that or not mr grande pizza and then from there uh 2005 is when i first got my real estate license and i've been doing both ever since five, so that's what seven. You're coming on seventeen years. Yeah, you're in your eighteenth year. That's correct. Seventeenth year, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. crazy. That long you've been uh, yeah. licensed for. When you first started in real estate, I guess you came in with the name Team Grande with Matt at the same time, or were you on your own? Like, how did that all come to be? This name, like that, we now have this fantastic. Yeah. So brand. actually, when I when I first got my license, I got it first, um, and it was just myself. And I started at Royal LePage State Realty. Uh, good company, you know, and good people. Uh, being there, I was on my own for a while. And uh, to be honest with you, it's actually, for, for me, it was quite a lonely experience being uh, a sole realtor in that market, especially when you didn't know much, right? You know, back then, they didn't have a lot of training, not like Remax does, mm-hmm. where they have all kinds of tools and training and not a lot of information was accessible back then, right? So I would have loved the opportunity back then to have joined a team like us, like Team Grande, where there's always someone that you can, you know, pick their brain for some advice or get some support or get some ideas. Back then, it wasn't really a huge thing, the team dynamic. But now, that's definitely how I would start. And especially this team dynamic. This and I think we're still unique in sense of a team dynamic Definitely. that you see out there. Yeah. Um, do you remember your first deal? So my first deal was actually a listing. And uh, back then, I used to go around and, well, I still do. But really, back then, I did it a lot. When I had the little kids and me and my wife would go around walking the neighborhood and we'd go try to put just, you know, just listed or, you know, whatever I can get from other people and in, in, in the brokerage that I could advertise their properties and stuff like that. But I'd also just go around and just hang stuff for myself personally for advertisements. And uh, finally, I was able to get one of the, I didn't know them, but it was a guy in my neighborhood who had, was thinking about selling. And I was able to go in there and we ended up listing the property. 
And yeah, and I ended up selling it. And then from there, we did a couple other deals. So it was pretty good. Nice. I like it. See, that's a cold listing is your first listing. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. A lot of people, it's usually somebody that uh, they know. So that's that grinder mentality that you've always had. Yeah, always will too. So joining 2005, that was obviously a very different market. I mean, you've been through actually quite a few different markets, everything from a buyer's to a seller's to balanced. Correct. Um, what do you think of this current market that we're in right now? Well, see, for a lot of guys that just started over the last few years, they're not used to this. But for me, I'm used to it because when I first started, like I said back then, an average listing would take three months to sell. Yeah. Right. So for me, you know, obviously it's different than it's been, but it's not abnormal for me. Right. Because I've seen it before. And at the beginning of this year, I was saying to a lot of people that, you know, I, I foresee condition on sale of properties coming back. Right. And sure enough, now that's you know, a lot of when I'm talking to my buyers that's that are looking to sell and buy, that's kind of the the avenue that I'm telling them that they have to take, right? Because it's the safest way to go, in my opinion, right? You get the opportunity to, you know, make an offer and you get the opportunity to still have that condition in there where it's like that, you know, safety net. safety net that you still aren't on the hook if you can't get your property sold. Before yeah. we were telling everybody, you know, buy first and then worry about selling after. Now it's it's completely opposite, right? So you can still just, you know, sell your property, ask for a longer closing date, and then try to buy something, right? If if your property's not very specific that you're looking for, that's one way to go, you know, especially it'll kind of give you more of an opportunity to negotiate the price down on the buying side. But if you're looking for something very, very specific, in my opinion, the best way to go is condition on sale. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, even months ago, you you mentioned it, like we wouldn't even consider putting a condition like that in an no. offer, but now it's pretty much, it's becoming almost standard pra practice. I mean, we're seeing how many houses get sold conditional on the yeah. you know, purchaser selling theirs. Yeah. So I just did a deal like that this past week. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Now, but now you got to get the property sold on exactly. the other end, right? That's yeah. where the stress kicks in. Yeah. Um, where do you see this market going? Like, I know nobody knows you don't have a crystal ball, so obviously I'm not going to hold you to whatever you say. But what do you kind of see? I'm interested in your mindset in like six months from now, a year from now. What do you think is going to happen? Like you said, no one has a crystal ball. But from the beginning of this year, we've all, on this team especially, we've all kind of predicted that the rates were going to go to kind of where they are now, right? We were even thinking six points by the end of the year, mm -hmm. okay? There's a um, bet on the team, isn't there? Yeah, there is a bet on the team. Yeah, <laughs> Between and it, two and guys? It, got it. it looks like the guy who said it was going to hit six might win. Yeah. Um, so, but we also were thinking that come the new year, rates will start kind of coming back down, okay? So, for me... What I've been telling a lot of people is, you know, now, in my opinion, it's a great time to buy, right? Because I don't think we're going to ever see these prices again, mm -hmm. right? And when these rates come down, I think there's going to be another shoot up. Yeah, like a slingshot almost. Yeah. Like, because so many people, how many clients do you have? They're kind of on the sideline right now. So many. And the minute that even that rate just stabilizes even, yeah. it's going to shoot people forward. Yeah. And then... You know, but that's why you're, I think it's good what you're saying by now. And then just either take the variable or lock into like a one year fix exactly. or something. Exactly like don't go with a long people. fixed on it, right? Yeah. That way in case 
they do come back down, you're in a position to renew. See, people are always, just like when, you know, it was hot, the market was hot, everybody wanted to buy, right? But like the way you really get ahead is, in my opinion, is doing things that other people aren't doing, right? Even like when COVID first started, we were telling everybody like, now is the time to buy because people aren't out there actively buying, right? So there was opportunities there. And right now I feel there's opportunities out there as well because people are on the fence. They don't want to make a move. Once this happens, if rates go back down, you know, everybody's going to jump back in. You might see competition again. You're going to see, you know, multiples. It's going to be tougher to get properties. That's why I think now is the time to make a move. That being said, even for sellers though, doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad time for you guys to sell either. You just got to be patient. You can't panic sell. Okay. That's why it's important that you work with a strong realtor who's going to keep you patient. Who's not going to let you just give away your property. Okay. You just got to be patient and price it properly. Okay. Can't overprice. It's not February. You got to make sure that it's priced aggressively but still at the same time, not giving your property away. And you hit a good, a couple of nails on the head that I like is one, you obviously got to use a strong realtor that understands the market or has been through this before. Like one thing, and this isn't like, I'm not going to categorize all new agents because I know some are just like absolute killers out there. Right. But some, if you get somebody that's been in a market where it's just been up, 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 like when it comes to pricing a house, you would just go to the seller. What do you want? 800. Okay. Let's put it at 599 and see what happens. Right. But now the art of pricing and actually studying the market to figure out how you're going to fit your listing into the market in an appealing way that's going to attract buyers it takes somebody with some specialized skill in that area right and i think by you saying those are things to consider for sure so dave i know that you own a few rental properties yourself um quite a few actually but what is one uh i mean what is something that you look for when you're purchasing a rental property so i don't have a specific type of property that I actually target. I'm more just, I look for where the opportunity is, right? So my first couple of properties, you know, they were sitting for a while, they needed some work and you know, they weren't moving. So we were able to grab them at a good price. Then I bought a few new builds because over the last, you know, while it's been a while now, you know, um, there was great opportunity in new builds, right? So that's what I did with that. Right now though, if like I got another new build closing in the new year, so I'm not really in the market to buy right now, but if I was looking to buy right now, what I'm really excited about are two unit properties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like one specifically, I just seen on the Hamilton mountain, three bedrooms upstairs, two bedrooms downstairs sold for six ninety five. Let's say, okay. That's what it sold for. Put 20% down on this property that's what you basically need when you're buying an investment property. You got to put 20% down after the current rates, you're looking at around $3,400 a month for a mortgage. Okay. Tack on another, you know, $300 between property tax and insurance. You're at around 3,700 bucks a month. Okay. On the safe side, a three bedroom unit on the Hamilton mountain, you're looking at around what? $2,400 a month. I'd say that's very safe. Very safe. Very safe. Very safe. Okay. (laughs) Right now. Basement, two bedroom basement apartments, again, being on the conservative side, $1,800 a month, you're at $4,200 a month. Okay. That's $500 a month 
cash positive at these current rates. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think you're ever going to see 695 for that type of property, type of property yeah. again. But when those rates come down, okay, now your $500 a month cash flow, you might be at six, maybe $700 a month, mm -hmm. right? And that's not even to, you know, touch on the fact that your equity, once everybody jumps back in and prices go up, your equity is going to boom. Because these were trading, those that style of home was trading for like, I think, what, high eights, 900s Easy, at the right? peak of it in February, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, just, I, I th always think if something's hit that price before, I don't see why it wouldn't hit that price again. Like, it's obviously not in the next short term, but in the next year, two years or something, why it won't come back up to that. So that's also another, we, we getting back to a little piece of advice, okay? Guys, right now, especially, you cannot think short term when it comes to real estate, okay? Before I know everybody was thinking, you know, six months, I'm gonna buy this property, it's gonna go up 200K in six months, I'm gonna be beautiful. Now, you have to think long term, okay? So I'm telling all my clients, guys, is this, is this gonna be something that you're looking to buy and sell within six months? No, if it's a long term investment, don't worry about it. In the end, real estate always wins. So if you're thinking long term, even if the price does say, for example, happen to dip in the next short term, long term, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And that's it. Long term is always, I mean, I've said on this podcast, uh, the show like a few times just about how you now is the time with real estate, be thinking that five year, 10 year mark yes. where you, you hit it. People thought, yeah, six months. Yeah. Boom. Make, I'm going to make a, you know, 50 K hundred K. Exactly. Um, moving, I want to talk a little bit about Hamilton with you. I have a feeling now we didn't, I didn't talk to Dave before this interview. I already have a feeling. I know which area he's going to pick. Um, what is your favorite area in Hamilton okay, before, and why? Before I get to that specific neighborhood, because we both know which one I'm going to say, you know, there's lots of beautiful neighborhoods in Hamilton and one that's not really talked about a lot and is, you know, I've kind of been seeing it more in me personally is the, the Sherwood area like the between Fennel and the Mountain Brow, Upper Ottawa yeah. to, you know, Kenilworth over there. I, I don't know. I, I've been, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older and I, and I kind of like the, I like kind of like the more mature homes, mm -hmm. right? And I feel that area has a lot of big lots with yeah. nice big homes and it just has a nice family feel to that area. So, you know, if it's, you know, if you're a family and you're looking to move into a nice neighborhood that's a little bit underrated, in my opinion, that Sherwood area to me is great. But now getting to my absolute favorite neighborhood is definitely the Rosedale area. Okay. <laughs> I've termed the, I've coined the term. It's the Ancaster of East Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always find great value there you know again you're gonna get nice big lots you know family friendly and you know you usually get a pretty good price for down there yeah it's affordable that's the thing for yeah. what you're getting it's affordable close to the highway it's nestled in a beautiful little pocket with very mature trees yeah. very mature lots you like it so much don't you own a house on uh the street's namesake or the areas of rosedale or did no, you sell that, that one that one I've, i don't have a property in there one of the other guys on our team okay. they had one in there but uh i used to my first home was actually closer to gauge park but that's another area for me. I'll always have a fondness of that Gage Park area, especially for first time buyers. You know, I think you get great value. 
it's a it's a nice family friendly neighborhood. You're close to the park, so if you got little kids, you bring them over there. Nice houses, like got that old world charm still. Yeah, definitely, definitely a fan favorite for me. That area always reminds me of like I don't know if anybody here watches those or you watch those Hallmark movies. Yeah, <laughs> that always it reminds you of those Hallmark movies with that style of home, yeah, definitely. like beautiful during Christmas yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. and especially when you consider like to me that area and like the Aberdeen area, right? You you basically got the same type of homes, right? But you're paying like 300k less to be there rather than there. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've, I even when I lived there, I always thought to myself like, why am I like, I get it, you're close to the university and stuff like that. So I get it, but for me, I'd rather save the 300k, be over there and you get the same type of property and still a great neighborhood. Yeah. I actually heard a story about this. I'm going to share quickly just from a client that lives in that area on uh prospect uh which i guess closer to the st Clair area but still like that same, same neighborhood the apparently they were saying those those homes there are beautiful and they match the aberdeen area the reason is i guess apparently if you weren't protestant or something back in the day you couldn't buy on the west in west hamilton really? or so it was frowned upon so mm-hmm. you had a bunch of uh wealthy people that weren't that kind of resented it so they built homes that sort of match the homes in that area but they'd always add an extra room like an extra living room or an extra bedroom or something just to show just to okay show we up, couldn't hey. live there but like look look at our house right um but i don't know how true that is it's just a story i heard from hey, a client it's interesting uh, you know and uh st Clair area is gorgeous yeah like, they have some massive homes in that pocket there and it's it's really nice yeah, yeah that's cool though yeah. so Rosedale, number one, but then you're like in Sherwood right now for value. Gage Park, I like yep. those are all good neighborhoods, yep. and the Definitely. prices there have gotten really good in the last six months. Yeah, like all those areas. So, um, I was gonna say, what area do you think people should be looking towards? But you kind of answered that, I guess. Sherwood, eh? Well, or do you again, have a like there's there's different areas for different needs, right? I mean, if I'm let's just focus right now on say first time buyers. For me, an upcoming neighborhood that I like is that. Ottawa Street area. You yeah. Know? For me, that Ottawa Street area, I kind of compare it to Locke, right? Whereas Locke to me is, you know, kind of maxed out. But if you want to kind of that same vibe where you got some, you know, trendy restaurants, some cool coffee shops, walkability between Ottawa to Kenilworth, you know, between Maine, even down towards Barton in that pocket, I'm still good with, right? Uh, you know, you just got to be a little bit more careful when you get towards Barton. But in that pocket, I think you got some, you know, good opportunity to build some equity. And, you know, if you're looking for that type of lifestyle, for me, that's a great area for people to go. Yeah. And that it always surprises me how much, like how undervalued that area is. I feel like we've been talking about that Crown Point area for years and yeah. years and years. And it just, uh, everything else goes up and it's always a little bit behind and there's always opportunity there. And the walkability, in my opinion, is a little bit nicer than Locke because you don't just have Ottawa Street to walk. You also have the stadium within walking distance. So if you like tie cats or forge or just really any events that happen at Tim Hortons Field, you're like a 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk there, which is, uh, which is amazing. And I used to own a rental property just, and I, I, my rental property I owned was below, it was north of Barton Street. I mean, I still had like, no issues there. It was, and this was, we're talking one of my first rentals. So, you know, it's been almost 10 years since I had that one and I had really no issues back then either. So it's a, it's still a safe area. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people worry about that, but yeah, good. that's true. Yeah. Um, 
shifting more real estate side, I know that you always, we always have conversations in the office, but I'm curious, and I'm going to start asking everybody on the team this, what's your real estate like pet peeve? What's your pet peeve in real estate that you see something and it just makes you like, oh. Yeah. For me, I personally think that realtor cell phone numbers should be like automatic, that it's on a listing, it's on Broker Bay. Like I think that you should be able to reach out to an agent at any point in time and get a hold of them. Like a lot of guys, they don't like to communicate. They don't like to get back to you. I'm a little bit too much the other way where my phone is like glued to my head and I'm sure my wife could attest to that. But but I think that there needs to be more communication in this industry. We, you know, we need to be able to work together because in the end we're working together as a team to get a deal done. Right. So I think that, you know, more communication and more accessibility should be, you know. That's a great point. When you said it, I was like, yeah, so true. Because I understand if you don't want to put your phone number publicly on the public MLS, don't do it. Yeah. But on the back system, exactly. why do I not have access to another agent? Like my client isn't wants, has a question. I have to email you and hope you get back or email you to call, call me or call your office to page you to wait for you to call me exactly. back, right? Even if it's an unwritten rule that you just send the guy a text, you know, yeah. and, that's, and I understand we, you know, we all want time with our families and, and stuff like that. And it's very important in this industry that we carve out time for our family. But like, just even if it's just to send the guy a, a text and, you know, you kind of get back to them within a reasonable amount of time, then that's great. But I, I for me to have to call the office, page the guy, wait for hours for the guy to get back to me. No, come on. Like, yeah. Especially we're trying to do a deal here. It's, you know yeah. what I mean? Like everything is, everything has got to be moving quickly. Right. So that's my biggest pet peeve. Anyways. I love it. I agree. <laughs> that's uh, but that's it. Um, I guess that's all the questions that I have for you today. Unless is there anything else you want to add or no, man, I'm, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh. I'm so happy it's to have pleasure. you on. That's why, like yeah. I said, I got up early. I think I before we started filming, I still had lines uh, from my pillow <laughs> on my face. I got here so early, but I got to keep you. Uh, on the yeah. <laughs> That's it. And I said, wear a suit, but keep you accountable. He's, uh, we're both wearing this suits. Is the, this he's is wearing the Team, the team Grande, Grande suit. suit. The track suit, so that's awesome. Um, Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining me this week. It's an absolute pleasure. Been a dream of mine to have you on this show, so I'm glad you did it. Everybody else, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you tuning in every single week. If you got any questions for Dave or any questions for anybody, feel free to drop a comment below as well. Be sure to like the video and hit the little notification bell because that's going to push this video out to more people that want to benefit from information like this. Anyways, thanks again for so much for joining me this week, and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care.